We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sean Payton, keep talking that we're going to see him soon. You feel me? Back to another edition of the Butting Heads Podcast, part of Ramstock Radio, proud part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Uh, this is a podcast about the Los Angeles Rams, hosted by me, Steve Ribeiro, and my co-host, Johnny Gomez. Johnny, the Rams, a team that is never going to lose again, it appears. What a delight. I, I mean, I hope that's the case. I mean, if that's the case then sign me up for, uh, you know, betting the Rams going to the Super Bowl. Wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be nice if they just never lost again? Uh, I I saw a lot of stuff that if the Rams win this week, they could potentially <laughs> last week could have been their last game at SoFi for the rest of the year. And they could play four more games. Yeah. Or not at SoFi. I don't know if I said that correctly. No, because they play at SoFi this week. That's what I meant. If they win, they could play at SoFi this week and then play at SoFi next week and then the following week and then the following week and then take a week off and then go back to SoFi to play in the Super Bowl. So did you guys write that all down? (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, It's a delight. It's also recording this on Monday night. So, Johnny, I am like a half – Literally one Deontay Johnson reception away from winning one of my leagues. So I'm going to have to keep a close eye on the Steelers game, which is a fucking slog right now as we go. Um, but let, let's so let's let's start. We got a lot to cover in this podcast. We're going to talk about the game. We're going to talk about our boy Cooper Cup. We're going to talk about who the Rams could potentially play in the first round. They can actually play five teams, which is pretty wild considering there's only one game left and they're already clinched a playoff spot 
Um, and then we'll talk about the 49ers matchup to wrap up the season coming up. But let's start with the game, man. It <laughs> There's so... I feel like there's simultaneously a lot you can take away from this game and also, like, not that much. Like, it's it was a really hard-fought road victory. It was a lot of the Rams shooting themselves in the foot, but it's not new things that came up in this game. Like, it's the same fucking formula we've seen for the last, like, two months is Stafford just trying to give the game away, only this time they didn't. And I don't know. It was a good defensive performance. It was a pretty good offensive performance besides those handful of plays that made this such a close game. But I'll be honest with you. I, as much as you can feel bad about this game, the entire game up until the Rams took the lead or close to when they took the lead, I did not feel like they were going to win this game. I feel like up until they got the ball back with four minutes left, I I did not feel like they were going to win this ball game. And for them to actually win one of those games where you don't feel like they're going to win on the road and early start time, I mean, I know Lamar Jackson wasn't out there, but this is still a pretty decent football team that you're playing in Baltimore in a tough environment. I, I... I don't think this made me feel – I wouldn't say this made me feel better about the Rams going to the playoffs, but it didn't make me feel worse, and it's a victory I actually feel pretty good after, even though there's, like, some glaring concerns coming out of this game. I uh, – oh, man, where to begin? So let, let's start with the pros in this game. So obviously with – as you mentioned, this is a tough, tough stadium to win at. You know, uh, Baltimore has, you know, really dedicated fans there. They, their 12th man is, is, uh, is definitely an integral part of playing in Baltimore. So to escape with the victory in Baltimore is impressive. Um, it would have been more impressive if, you know, Lamar Jackson was out there playing, but, you know, he wasn't. Uh, so I, I will take that little mini victory, you know, regarding the Rams actually going in into Baltimore and leaving Baltimore with the W. Yeah. And That's Johnny, great. also, if Lamar Jackson was out there, we wouldn't have won this game. There's no fucking no. way. No. And I, and I highly agree with you there. Uh, I, I, there's no universe in which the Rams win this football game if Lamar Jackson plays in this game. And and that's kind of what irks me in all of this is because, yes, uh, you know, I'm happy for this win. I mean, it kind of keeps the momentum going. You know, uh, having a nice five-game winning streak, that's that's great. That's fantastic. But the thing is, is the past two games – that the Rams have played, mind you, they're somewhat playoff caliber teams, but at the same time, they're not, you know, the top echelon teams, and they're kind of skidding by. And this last one, you know, it might have been a little ambitious 
to think that the Rams are going to, you know, throttle the the Ravens in, in Baltimore. But they didn't have Lamar Jackson. And that's, you know, to win by one point, ooh, that's, that's a tough pill to swallow. So while I am jazzed about the victory and everything, and um, I am happy that the Rams are 12 and four, that's a fantastic, you know, record. I'm kind of looking over and beyond at this point because we all know that the Rams are going to the playoffs. They have clinched a playoff spot. But how far they're going to go into the playoffs, that's what I'm kind of angling towards. And if the Rams can't score more than 20 points or, or score only 20 points against a very battered, you know, uh, Baltimore Ravens defense. I have concerns, man. I, I mean, I, I hate to be the Derek Downer here, but, you know, I, I have some legitimate concerns going into the playoffs. And, and, hell, not even the playoffs next week against the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, there. Well, we could have won this game 50 to nothing. And I would have had concerns about the San Francisco 49ers next week. But, yeah, there's, like, the positives is, you know, even though it isn't Lamar Jackson, Tyler Huntley has played pretty solid coming into this game. So you feel good that your defense played as well as they did here. Uh, It wasn't a perfect performance, but they made a lot of big stops. You know, in particular, there was a, (laughs) <laughs> the the I think it was this Ravens second to last series, they literally ran Latavius Murray like eight plays in a row, and it got them two first downs. And I was sitting there like they're just letting fucking Latavius Murray just run into the ground and get first downs, and he's about to run in the end zone, and then he didn't. You know they figured it out. They held. Uh, in that regard, it was a positive performance. But you're right, like. You need you, you, in the playoffs. You're going to need to score 20 points, and I, I think they can't. Personally, I think we saw this week. This game had the full Matthew Stafford experience. Uh, it started and ended with Stafford in this game. The reason this game was so close was because Matthew Stafford turned the ball over three times. Not every one of those was 100 percent his fault. Every one of them, he has some blame for, some more than others. Uh, there's been turnovers, in which I was reminded when I watched a little tape of the last 49ers game this year, where it wasn't his fault at all. I would say all three of these, he is at fault for, even if not 100%. At the same time, we won this game in part because Matthew Stafford played really fucking well after his third turnover uh, on those last two drives, getting the team down the field, the offense was humming, uh, and he he didn't quit and he got it done. And for a guy who's played on losing teams for so long, the good thing is that he doesn't quit. He plays hard. He doesn't get in his own head. Uh, and he will play the same the entire game. Uh, because I, I guess he had nothing to lose and he, he will continue to, he, he's not going to get into his own head and he's not going to play bad as a result. The flip side is, this guy's clearly picked up a lot of bad habits playing on bad teams. As we've mentioned in the past, he makes errant throws that turn into turnovers and 
the hope is he doesn't do that. And there has been games where he didn't do it this year and the Rams won handedly. But it's hard to sit here and say that he's not going to do that in the playoffs. Because, like, he probably is. And they can overcome games if he does that. I certainly think if they we end up with the Saints in the first round, he could throw four turnovers, which still still win the game. Maybe not four, but if he throws two, we should still whoop that team's ass. But when you get to Tampa Bay or Dallas, or especially when you get to Green Bay, you're going to fucking lose if he does that. And it's it's a tough pill to swallow, but that's the reality of this team is they will go as far as Matthew Stafford will take them. And as far as we know, Matthew Stafford is, he's a Brett Favre type player. He can throw you into a game as quickly as he can throw you out with one. I'm not saying he's as good as Brett Favre, but that's the type of guy he is. And that's what I feel like I've learned about him through 16 games of watching him play. That's uh I don't know if that's a compliment or if that's an insult. It's both. <laughs> I mean, it's very much both. I mean, on one hand, you're talking about him turning over the ball like Brett Favre did. But on the other hand, you're talking about a Hall of Famer. So, I mean, listen, it, I, I don't think he's as good as Brett Favre. No. But if he played on good teams his whole career like Favre did, his career would have been similar. I don't know if he would have won any MVPs, but... You know, he would have had a lot more success, but he would have pulled the same shit as Favre, where he's thrown 20 interceptions and a lot a lot more touchdowns. Yeah, it's this is basically what it's going to come down to, um, is what Matthew Stafford we see in the playoffs. And actually, I believe it was Kurt Warner that kind of made that comment earlier um, earlier this year saying that he's not sold on the Rams because of Matthew Stafford's kind of inconsistency. And it's he's not wrong, you know. Uh, there are times where Matthew Stafford looks like a straight-up stud, and the dude can looks like he can win any game. But then you get games like the past two games, and it's like, I'm, I'm going to challenge my defense this game and see if they can actually win the game for us. <laughs> I mean, that's seriously what these past two games have felt like for us. Be like, hmm, let me test the defense to this game, see what they do for us. And, and to his credit, you know, this last game, he he did step up in the, you know, fourth quarter where he was, honestly, he looked pretty flawless out there, you know, didn't make too many mistakes in the fourth quarter, at least not that I can recall. It's he, been a couple his, days. The last fumble he had was on their first drive, um, which not totally his fault, but you got to take care of the ball. Um, then they went three and out. And then after that, he was lights out the, the last two drives, they scored touchdowns on. He played fucking great. So you see for that one, I actually don't blame Matthew Stafford that much. Yes. You need to protect the football, but he absolutely did not see that defender coming. And in reality, your, your offensive lineman, in this case, it was Rob Havenstein he needs to give him a little longer than what, like two or three seconds. So yeah, I, I can understand wanting him to protect the football a little bit better, but no quarterback's gonna, gonna protect the football when he's about ready to throw the ball. And, and, you know, I, I, I don't blame Stafford. 
I, I give him like if I'm gonna blame him at all, it'd be like five percent of the blame there, and give like ninety five percent of the blame to to uh, Rob Havenstein because that was just a pure miss block there. And to to Havenstein's credit, and really to all of the offensive line credit, you don't ever talk about the offensive line unless they do piss poorly. So um, I don't want to rag on him too much because really Matthew Stafford has had plenty of great coverage all season long uh, from the offensive line, even with a battered and depleted offensive line at times. So um, it is something to consider, but as far as that particular play, I got to give Stafford a pass on that one. Yeah, that's fair. And I, I think your assessment is accurate. You know, he's not without blame, but that wasn't to- that was way more on uh, Haven side in the offensive line, and he he's not. Correct me if I'm wrong. He he's how like how many of those fumbles has he had this year? Not many, right? Like maybe not one at or all. Two more. I, I I can only think of a handful of times, and um, he he's uh, that's kind of one area where he's kind of different from Jared Goff, where he. Much, he didn't fumble. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all you got to do is watch a Lions game and see how often uh, Jared Goff loses that football. But, uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, no no shade to, to Jared Goff because, hey, he um, there are times where Jared Goff looked like a true baller out there with a awful receiving core that the Detroit Lions have. Wouldn't be the two seed without him, brother. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, Ram fans... You thank Jared Goff for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, like he doesn't have a fumbling problem, which is great. Uh, Goff really did. And so I'm, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it, it's part of the adding up of turnovers. So, you know, if that wasn't his third turnover of the game, I'd probably have a lot different of a take on it, but it's, it's part of the totality of it. That's frustrating. And yeah, man, I mean, on the bright side, you know, when we played the Bucks earlier in the year, he had four touchdowns and no interceptions. He's played games where he was completely lights out, but it's I don't know. I I I don't know if I believe that he can do that enough down the stretch and ultimately he's gonna I, I would be shocked if he played four games without turning it without having one multi turnover game in that. As much as it sucks to say I, it would just surprise me, and they they might have to overcome it in the playoffs, and maybe they will, maybe they won't. But you know, it's there's a still plenty to like about this team. Um, but I don't know. I it's, think it's, the more frustrating aspect in all of this is I feel like ninety percent of the turnover, uh, the interceptions, maybe a little less than that, but you're getting where I'm going with this. Ninety uh, percent of the interceptions that he's you know thrown this season, I feel like could have been avoided. Had he just thrown thrown the ball away? Yeah, he yeah he didn't ever throws it away, uh, and he loves doing the punt interception, which is just throwing it deep. Like, was it this game that he threw it to Odell in triple coverage and got picked off? Yep. Like, why? What's the fucking point? Live to fight another day. Uh, <laughs> He's like, I want to I want to punt better than Johnny Hecker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, that's a fair point. I, on the bright side in this game, um, now we obviously mentioned obviously mentioned it was a hard fought win on the road. You know, a, a win is a win. 
even though it's not, you know, we're a podcast, so we're not going to go with that mentality. We're going to talk about it. But um, the big pos- two big positives out of this game were definitely the performances by Von Miller and Odell Beckham, especially. Odell in this game grabbed uh, five catches for 39 yards and a touchdown, but they were big plays. Uh, and he ended up scoring the game-winning touchdown on a, on a on a great reception, and then Von Miller had the game ceiling sack, uh, five tackles in this game, two sacks for him, three tackles for loss, both really making their presence felt. You know, obviously Odell is not contributing with giant number games, but he's scoring a lot. You know, the Rams, obviously the Cooper Cup has been one this year, but. In previous years, they haven't really had a big red zone threat, and Cup emerged as one this year, but it's nice to see Odell also being that red zone threat, and he's been a great addition to the team, man. I, if the Robert Woods injury happened and he wasn't here, I can't imagine what the receiving core would look like, and teams might just be able to triple Cooper Cup, but he's... make he's making the defense stay honest just by existing, and he's played really well, and as... I don't really have a single complaint about his time here. It's great. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, I think that having these two be like the major contributors to this game just makes it seem like the investment's almost worth it because without both of these guys, the Rams don't win this game also. So, um, you know, obviously there's more than just this game. Both of them have had their presence felt at, uh, you know, numerous times. I would say Odell more than Von Miller, but um yeah to kind of add to what you were saying about Odell I mean he may not be putting you know 100 plus yards a game like he used to in his prime but the fact that he's you know scoring touchdowns I mean do you really need those yards I I I mean I'd much rather him no no I mean you having him there you know scoring touchdowns that's that's fantastic And, and you know some of these plays um making some pretty athletic acrobatic catches on top of that. That's, that's fun to see, you know, that's, that's the Odell that you want to see and something that we were kind of curious about uh, considering we didn't see a whole lot of that while he was in Cleveland. So, you know, getting him in there, getting him into the mix, 
And, and mind you, he is probably still learning the offense a little bit at a time. Um, you know, I, I've heard uh, Sean McVay's comments in, in recent interviews about how um, he hasn't uh, – he, he didn't point him out particularly, but he's mentioned a few times where there's been a few receivers that haven't been um, co- cohesive with, the, with Matthew Stafford. Um, because they were in a position where they shouldn't be doesn't take a genius to figure out that it's Odell you know not not to throw shade at Odell I don't think any shade was intended at all it's just he's got to learn too you know this is not something that again you you can't just throw a guy out there you know have him run and then you know Matthew Stafford throws in the ball you know there's it's a lot more complicated than that and uh, it usually takes an off season to learn all of this, and he's just kind of learning on the go. And listen, man, I think more than anything, the snap counts of this game tell you how much they trust Odell. He played ninety, I think, ninety seven percent of the snaps, and meanwhile, he's got Van Jefferson and Ben Skoranek, uh splitting splitting snaps. And, uh, I mean, we've been pretty very harsh, I would say, at least me, on Ben Skoranek this year. I think Van Jefferson is way better. You know, to Skoranek's credit, he played well in this game, for sure. He had a big catch late in the game. But I I, I think he's just lost trust in Van Jefferson. I, I don't know what in particular. They still targeted him in this game. He had a huge catch. Um I think a 35-yard grab in this game. He had four catches for 63 overall. But to split snaps with Skoranek, who has been very uninspiring, that that's wild. It, it's, it's definitely not something you'd come to expect, and it is a little disheartening considering, you know, the kind of fast start that Van Jefferson had at the beginning of the season. But as far as Van Jefferson goes, I do think that Stafford did lose a little bit of confidence in him because he's dropped a few critical passes before too. And, and if I'm not mistaken, I believe there was a few that ended up as interceptions. Um, I could be mistaken about that though. I don't, I don't think you're wrong. He, a lot, he, he's had a lot of crucial drops. Yeah. And as, as a quarterback, that's kind of under the microscope a lot in LA um, you kind of want to, you know, focus more on wide receivers. You have more confidence in, even if it is, you know, a guy like Ben Skoranek, who was a late seventh round draft pick. Yeah. Um, Hey, if it works, it works. And you know what? He had a crucial, uh, catch this game and, you know, I, I'm I'm starting to think that uh, Steve might need to get a jersey. <laughs> well, I, I'm not ready to go that far. We'll see. <laughs> um, what did you think about? I I hated this. They the so the Rams at this point in the game. This was late in the second quarter. They were down ten to nothing. They had a third and 19 at their own 30. They they got 17 yards on it and a play to Odell. It was fourth and two. They were on the four, their own 47, so basically midfield. 
and they punted. It, to me, it ultimately didn't end up mattering because Huntley threw an interception immediately, and uh, the Rams capitalized and scored right away on a touchdown. But I, this doesn't really matter, but I just kind of want to bring it up because it's in my notes. The Rams had absolutely no momentum at that point in the game. It's fourth and two. You got midfield. I think this is when I really lost hope that they'd win. Uh, although ultimately they scored immediately, so I kind of got restored. But fourth and two at midfield, down ten to nothing. You need a spark. If you don't believe your offense can get two yards, like then I don't think you believe you can win the game. Like that was just really disheartening to me. I hated the call. Uh, if you don't think your offense can hold. Baltimore or your defense at old Baltimore. I mean, I don't know that that really frustrated me because you, I mean, you know, Johnny Hacker is not going to fucking pin them. Like, you know that for sure. <laughs> so I don't know. I hated that. It didn't really end up mattering, but that, that just bugged me. No, I, I, I have to admit, I was kind of with you on that one, Steve. I was fully anticipating Sean McVay to kind of go for it there and, um, maybe I was hoping for it to happen as well. And in a way, I guess I kind of understood because I think Sean McVay just saw that the momentum just wasn't on the Rams' side at the moment and playing in Baltimore just like, I, I have a feeling that if the same situation occurred in SoFi stadium, I feel like Sean McVay, you know, pulls the plug on this one. And, and goes for it on, on fourth and two. But instead, um, they he decided to play it safe. And as much as I probably would have gone for it, I can kind of understand. I feel like there's been more crucial, uh, you know, fourth downs that Sean McVay, you know, opted not to do. He is been kind of a little bit more conservative than we're used to uh this year and maybe it's because of all the major injuries that have happened particularly on the offensive side of the ball that he's kind of shied away from doing that but um yeah I I would have went for it but I'm not totally upset with Sean McVay on this one yeah we ain't coaches I mean it ultimately worked out he won the game but Yep. It, in the moment, I, I was just like, that's fucking unbelievable. Um, I mean, any any other standouts from this game that you wanted to hit on? The savior continues to chug on, man. It, like, they, they still put Cooper Cup back there, though, dude. <laughs> For and those of you still, that... He's still poorly handling punts. Like, he... You put him back there to make good, fair catches, and half the time he doesn't make the fair catch, and we get pinned as a result because he just doesn't go to the ball. It's like, what's what's the fucking purpose? I, I, I just don't get it. Clearly, Steve is very passionate about this issue. but We've been talking um... about it for two years, man, and we finally, <laughs> finally have a good punt returner. Like, we finally got one. He won special teams player of the week. And you're just trotting out Cup to just not field punts. 
like <laughs> there's just no we're at the point where it's it's just so outrageous that they're still doing this because they found their answer and they're still doing it. You're going to tell me Brandon Powell could have run out there and not field the punt? Because he totally could have. <laughs> I was about to say, for those of you that uh, aren't in the loop, I call the savior uh, Brandon Powell because uh, he he trots out there and makes plays as a return specialist, and we haven't had a return specialist, a good one since Farrell Cooper. Nope. And he lost it's a playoff game, but... Still has be- easily been the best returner we've had in the McVay era. No doubt about it. Although, JoJo Natson was all right. It's like one of those I things was... where you appreciate a guy who wasn't that good because the guys who followed him were so much worse. I would say with JoJo Natson, like the very first half year that we started using JoJo Natson, he was pretty good. And then beyond there, it just went totally downhill. Agreed. Uh, Matt Gay did miss a field goal in this game. It was devastating. We still love him. It was a difficult field goal. He didn't miss a chip shot. But it's only his second miss of the year, which is unbelievable. It was a 56-yard attempt. (laughs) Yeah, man. We, We had kicker heads had to be in their glory with this game. We had the two best kickers in the league going head to head. Is is that such a thing? <laughs> yeah, you're fellow talking kickers. To one. You're talking fellow to kickers. <laughs> no, I mean, I I think that Sean McVay thought he had Justin Tucker out there, and, and you know, to his credit, Matt Gay has had one hell of a year. Um, but a fifty-yard attempt was a bit much for Matt Gay. When when I saw them trotting him out there, and I'm like, oh, I don't know about this. But again, to his credit, it had the distance. It was just a little wide. Yeah, um, so... I, I'm here for it. He can make he can make 50 yarders. Uh, that's about his limit, 56. But he he's made them. Uh, he's been accurate. Obviously, you're outdoors in the cold. It's a tougher kick. If we're at SoFi or if we're in a dome, trot him out there every time. Uh, because exactly. as as mentioned. If you're not going to go for it, you're not going to pin them on the punt. No. <laughs> uh, it's amazing how much uh, how much faith we lost in Johnny Hecker. It's so sad. Uh, it bums if, me out so much. Because he's if you such... talk about this a couple years ago, we were like, yes, that's instantly the answer. He's such a Rams legend, such a great guy, such a great teammate. But uh, man, he's cooked. I, I hate I hate to say it. I love him. I have him on the podcast anytime. He could yell at me to my face, and I will take it. I'd love for him to yell at you on the podcast. <laughs> um, well, let's talk about guy we didn't mention on this pod. Uh, our man Cooper Cup. Hi, just obviously we we talk about how Grody's been. It's unbelievable. He is through sixteen games. So right now to break a bunch of records he is he just broke i think every rams receiving record this week uh maybe not touchdowns i'm not sure but definitely receptions and definitely yards he is 12 if he gets 12 receptions this week he will break michael thomas's season single season receiving record or for receptions and if he gets 100 
236 yards, he'll break Calvin Johnson's single-season receiving record. So he could potentially set two NFL records this week. It's it's going to be tough. That's a lot of yards. Uh, we don't know how this offense is going to look against San Francisco. Hopefully they blow him out and he hits both of them. But regardless, through 16 games, because a lot of people for no reason have been throwing out like, well, it's a 17-game season. It doesn't matter. Well, it does matter. These records are mostly all going to get broken. But even through 16 games, he's third all-time in receptions. He's fifth all-time in yards. He's 22nd in touchdowns. He's one of two players in a single season to have 1,800 yards and 15 touchdowns. It's him and Jerry Rice. It's incredible company to be in. Uh, it is, to me, one of the three best seasons for a receiver in NFL history, along with Rice in 95 and uh, the Randy Moss in 07 when he had 27 touchdowns, which to me – in my lifetime of watching football, even though I was alive for the Jerry Rice year, I was two. So the Randy Moss year is the most impressive year to me. It still stands as that. 27 touchdowns is fucking ridiculous. Uh, but Cup is, no matter what happens this week, he has established himself to me as this is clearly, you know, at worst a top five season by a receiver ever which is just so unbelievable to say about Cooper Cup, who we've watched for five years. Never thought this was possible, man. Uh, It's just so incredible to see, and I'm so happy for him, and I'm glad he's wearing a Rams uniform. Oh, absolutely. Uh, This this is definitely one of the more exciting Rams players um, in in a while, in my opinion, uh, because not only is it, you know – him shattering records but i think one of the more exciting aspects of of cooper cup is because even though he is not really um you know someone that excels in one area in particular he's not the fastest strongest um you know whatever it's his his kind of intelligence and his approach to the game um and you've seen how how different of a wide receiver as he's been in the past couple years versus his first couple years as as the Rams. He's always been someone that had potential, someone that we figured was going to be a decent receiver, but never to this extent. And you could see it just on like a typical uh, pass to him. He extends the play like no other wide receiver I've seen on the Rams, you know? And that's that's saying an awful lot, considering you had guys like Isaac Bruce and Torrey Holt, um, Henry Ellard, so on and so forth. You know, those are that those are amazing wide receivers, some of which are hall about to be a Hall of Famer. Um, So that that's impressive to see. I I don't know if Cooper Cup's ever going to be a Hall of Famer, but one thing he'll always be able to say is he's had one really really important year and whether or not it's an extra game or not if you're gonna go that route when Megatron broke the record he had um there was a couple games extended when previous other wide receivers um you know had to go on a 14 game season so to me that's an irrelevant thought you know and you can think of it however it is you want to think about it but actually sit down and watch 
Cooper Cup highlight reel, and it it's it's fucking phenomenal. Like it, he's been one of the best parts of this season, not just for the Rams but for the NFL. Yeah, Here's it, my Cooper Cup TED talk. <laughs> well, it's just it's like you said, like the guys we're talking about, like Jerry Rice, Randy Moss. I pretty immediately. I mean, Moss literally immediately. You could tell these guys were going to be historic players. Um, I mean, like the closest just like kind of random leap like this is probably Antonio Brown, who was good for three years and then just exploded in year four. Uh, kind of funny to be talking about A.B. like this today. Oof, but, uh, <laughs> but um, you know, he, he was 25. Uh, Cooper Cup was 28. And has always been good. You know, I think you kind of understood him. Like, he, he was always good, but it seemed like he was a guy we kind of knew who he was, which was a good to really good receiver, very reliable, always going to be a valuable part of the offense for years to come. But just, like, to randomly jump to this elite level, you know, the, the closest thing I could think of, and let me know if this is a ridiculous comparison, the only thing close, like, maybe not the only thing, but the closest thing I feel like to this is, in 2016, when Matt Ryan in year nine just fucking exploded and won MVP. Like, after years of being solid, Pro Bowl caliber, and reliable, just, like, went nuclear and and dominated the league and had the best offense in the league. Uh, that was, like, the closest thing I could think of, but it's crazy. You know, he needs to do this three or four more times to be a Hall of Famer. Just possible. He's young enough, but uh, we'll see, man. I'm glad we got it once. This is an incredible run. I wouldn't say it was a weird uh, comparison because in in terms of situation, I kind of agree with you, but in terms of effort, I got to give this more to Cooper Cup because Matt Ryan had a lot of help that year. For sure. Whereas Cooper. And Cooper Cup did too, you know, give Matthew Stafford a little credit. But at the same time, again, as I as I said, nobody extends plays quite like Cooper Cup has. And um, at least this, this season anyway. Um, Cooper Cup, he, he's like just when you think he's down, you know, he, he somehow gets like anywhere from five to ten extra yards. You know, he's that impressive and just somehow getting more yardage. Cooper Cup uh, credited today, I don't have the full quote, but he credited working out Brandon Cooks in the offseason to uh, his improvement. Hey, you know what? Brandon Cooks is a hell of a receiver. Why not? The gift that keeps on giving, man. Talk about Brandon Cooks in the offseason, man. He, I'm so happy he actually like got good again. Uh, I thought he was cashed. Uh, he's clearly not. He's still really fucking good. Um, Jerry Goff was the problem. I don't think Jared Goff was the problem with him. He, dude, he got like three concussions that year. Yeah, that's true, I guess. Yeah, nice to see he's back. Um, Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. 
Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Let's talk about potential opponents for the Rams, uh, and then we can talk a bit about the 49ers game. So the Rams can play five teams in the first round. Do you think I should do this from least likely to most likely or vice versa? Let's do least to most. So the least likely opponent, I would say, in the first round is Arizona. The only way this could happen is if the Rams lose, the Cardinals lose, and then Tampa and Dallas win. I doubt both the Rams and Arizona are going to lose. Um, but I guess this really isn't that un- impossible. Uh, the Rams would be the four seed. The Cardinals would be the five seed in this case. I don't envision this happening, but um, it could. <laughs> I, I kind of hope it does just so it's an uh, interesting scenario. But then again, I don't want the four seed. Yeah, no, let's 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 go for the two seed. I mean, All ideally, right, ideally we'd win. Um. I don't know which one of these is um, more likely. We'll, we'll start with the Eagles, I guess. So if the to, to play the Eagles in the first round, the Rams would have to win, the, Car- the Cowboys would have to beat the Eagles, and the Saints would have to lose. So basically, um, because the Eagles would lose and the 49ers would lose and the Saints would lose, we'd just stay put and the 49ers would get the sixth seed and we would – keep the two seeds so we get the Eagles a seven seed. Um, or if the Rams, the Cardinals, the Cowboys, and the Buccaneers all lose, then nothing would change. The 49ers would still keep the six seed and we'd still get the Eagles. I think the Eagles is one of the better case scenarios. I don't think they're very good. Uh, they play tough, though. I mean, you never know, but I, 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 I don't know how... I guess it's not impossible for, for us to play the Eagles, actually, looking at this stuff. They they will probably lose this week. So this is very possible. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't mind facing the Eagles. I definitely I mean, would not mind facing the Eagles, man. They, they're they not good. They're really not. And truthfully speaking, I, I still think Minshew should be their starting quarterback. But that's just me. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uncle Rico, bro. Uncle I, I'm Rico. not I'm not saying Jalen Hurts is a franchise quarterback, but the guy the players love him and uh I don't know. I think I I think he has more of a chance of being a franchise quarterback than Minshew. I I but can can Jalen Hurts throw throw the football over the mountains? <laughs> oh man. Uh I we don't really need to talk about this team cuz we're about to talk about him, but Play the 49ers if we win, the Eagles win, and the Saints lose. Or if the Rams, the Cardinals, the Bucks lose, and the Eagles lose, the Rams would only drop to the three seed, 
and the 49ers would keep the sixth seed. So it, it's pretty possible that the Rams would play the Eagles. What's crazy is all of all five of these scenarios can happen. Like it's not going to take that crazy of shit for any of this stuff to happen. Um, if it's the the first scenario where we beat the 49ers and we end up playing them again, I'd feel better. If it's the other scenario where we lose and have to play them, that's fucking terrifying. But that scenario is pretty unlikely, I think, because I don't see us and the Cardinals losing. Yeah, I, I would find that really because uh, the Cardinals play who? Seattle. Ooh, yeah, no way. Although they blew out the um... – I mean, you never know. This might be Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson's last game, man. <laughs> if I'm Russell Wilson, I, I, I want it to be my last game. <laughs> um. Okay, the Cowboys are in the mix. It, to play the Cowboys, all that has to happen is we lose and the Cardinals win. Very, very possible, depending on how you feel about this 49ers game. That would be an interesting scenario. Yeah, so we'd be the four seed, or we'd be the five seed, Dallas would be the four seed. You know, I I want the the one seed or the two seed. I mean, obviously Dallas doesn't terrify me, but having the, the potential to go to green Bay the following week in the second round would suck. That would suck. Yes. Man. You want to avoid that at all costs. And you don't want to play Dallas. The, the other teams are way worse than Dallas. Oh yeah. No question. But like, truthfully, um, at this point, I, I feel like, if the Rams do advance at all, I feel like the eventual team will be the Green Bay Packers. So, either way. You know, man, though, but if... Uh, I guess the Bucks are so banged up. Yeah, it probably is Green Bay. I mean, the Bucks would be our only taupe if they wound up in the four seed. Which according to this website, isn't even possible. So I guess it's not happening. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, as far as the Bucks are concerned, they have a ton of issues right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, they're not that terrifying in the second round if all remains pushed, which is great. The last team, Johnny, we haven't talked about them. The most likely playoff matchup for the Rams is the New Orleans Saints. If the Rams win oh, and the Saints beat Atlanta this week, then we get to play the Saints in the first round. Can I tell you how fucking excited I am about the opportunity to play the Saints in the first round? <laughs> I I know uh I know there's a couple reasons why you're excited about the Saints. Number one is they fucking suck. They are not good. They're really they, they fucking really bad. Are. I cannot believe they are in the position to make the playoffs. Eh, well, yeah. I mean, if you look at their division, there really isn't other than the Bucks. Who they swept. How did they sweep them? That That I'll never understand. I have no clue. 
I I don't even think the Bucks know. They're they're three and six in their last nine games. Their wins came against the Bucks somehow, uh, and the Jets and the Panthers, who are not good. Uh, they lost to the Eagles. They lost to the Falcons. They lost to the Titans, who are good. They lost to the Bills, Cowboys, um, and that Miami game was, which basically a, a COVID loss. I don't even know if they're gonna beat the, uh, the Falcons this week. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they lose or not. And it almost, it almost makes me. It would make. I would love for them to make the playoffs and us to just wipe them off the face of the planet. But I'd almost rather see them end their season by losing to the fucking Falcons. Because you can't beat the Falcons, so your season ends. Damn. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, you know, Steve uh, has a lot of strong feelings here. <laughs> well, you know, I, there there's one part of the coin where if we play New Orleans, um, may, some people say the Saints are going to be motivated from the NFC Championship. Like, nah, bro, like, we're going to be motivated by the NFC Championship. And it doesn't even matter who's motivated because this team is not good. They're terrible. Taysom Hill sucks. They're they're wasting Alvin Kamara's prime with a bad coach and a bad quarterback. Uh, they receive. They can't even name their receivers. Uh, they they're not good. They they would get eaten alive by the Rams. Yeah, I mean that. I do think that they might be motivated a little bit, but yeah, I'm I'm not really scared of Taysom Hill. I'm not scared of him at all. <laughs> I, I think they could they could they get handled. Kamara scares me, but uh, if you just for we don't know this because some games the Rams just get ran all over. If they could just force the Saints to win by throwing the football, then they're gonna win. It, 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 so we'll <laughs> see. I mean, we might we might be talking about a preview pod next week. So, uh, I mean, out of out of these, okay, I guess. Saints, 49ers, Eagles, who would you who do you think is the worst of these teams? What's the best case scenario for us? Best case scenario is the Saints. Yeah, it's definitely uh, the Saints. And we just talked all that shit about the Eagles. The Eagles are so much better than the Saints. Uh are they though? I mean <laughs> I they're both bad. I mean, I don't know. Like like I said, I I I will say that Jalen Hurts is the much better quarterback over Taysom Hill. But beyond that, I mean, I'll fucking take Al- Alvin Kamara over what Miles Sanders is he? Is, isn't he hurt too? Uh, I, I don't but even know. They, they have a they have a pretty deep group of receivers and tight ends. I don't know if, if we if we lose to either of those teams, we don't fucking deserve it. We deserve no, to lose. no. At that point, uh, he. <laughs> If we lose to either one of those teams, that, that someone needs to be fired. Dude, Wolford could play, and we should beat either of those teams. Uh, the talent gap is insane. Uh, I I agree. Just fucking sell the house if we if we lose to either of those teams in the first round. Uh, well, let's get back to the 49ers uh, before we wrap up here. Obviously, I made the mistake of going back and watching some tape of the Week 10 game. <laughs> as brutal as I remembered, thirty-one to ten, just route on Monday Night Football. The big notes from that game: 
San Francisco won the time of possession battle 40 to 20, which is just ridiculous. Uh, they ran the ball 44 times for 156 yards. They only threw it 19 times for 179 yards. It was the, you know, the 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 way to win games with Jimmy Garoppolo at your quarterback. Like if if you needed to look at the prime example, it was this game. Run the ball down the other team's throat uh, to help set up the play action, set up the pass, so he can make. You know, not I'm not gonna sit here and say easy throws. Like he played a really good game in this game, but he didn't have to really do anything to lift his team. He just had to he's a game manager game. And he managed the game great. Um and Stafford did not in this game. Uh he had two turnovers. One of them was the the Higby drop that went for a pick six, the other was a, a which his new favorite thing, just throwing weird deep balls for no reason to Odell Beckham that get picked off. Uh, they they got behind in this game quickly. They abandoned the run, and as a result, they got blown out because nothing worked. The 49ers in this game had two drives that went for 90-plus yards and all, both ended in touchdowns. Um, just re, you know, coming into this podcast before I started prepping for it, I felt very confident the Rams were going to win this game. And my confidence completely dwindled when I was looking up uh, this game. I, I'm not going to come on this podcast and curse the Rams by picking the 49ers here, but boy, am I fucking terrified about this game. I'm very nervous, and the result of this game will really influence how we feel about this team going to the playoffs, I think. If we win this game 20-19, to 19, same formula as last week, I will feel fucking dandy. Um because it's gonna, they just have our number. We haven't beaten them in three years. We are the better team, but it's kind of like what we just talked about with the Saints and Bucks. You know, sometimes that shit doesn't matter in these matchups. Uh, and the 49ers are good. They're six and two in the last eight games, including the game we lost to them. Their losses were to Tennessee and Seattle, which Seattle's a weird one, but uh, you know that shit happens with divisional games. They've beaten some bad teams, but they beat us. They beat Cincinnati. It's a good football team. You know, if you rank the top six teams in the NFC, they'd be six. But I'm scared, man. I'm I'm frightened. I mean, how are you feeling going into this game? I I think if you're not frightened in this game, you're just a diehard fan, and you think that they're going to win every single week. Um, and, and mind you, I'd love to think that. I'd love to think that the Rams are going to win every single game. They're going to uh, finish the season seventeen and zero, and you know, go straight to the Super Bowl. But uh, reality needs to set in a little bit here. Um, The 49ers may not be the best team in the NFL, but they match up so well against the the Rams and particularly the last matchup that the Rams had. The frustrating aspect of it is that the game was in reach but it never felt like it because the Rams didn't have an answer to either side of the football. They couldn't stop the run, which is beyond me because they've played against much better ground games, but they couldn't stop the run. And on the opposite end, they were shooting themselves in the foot, particularly um, particularly Matt Stafford. But if I'm going to throw out a little hope here. Um, I will say 
that ever since that the Rams played the 49ers, that even when they've struggled against ground games, and it's happened, they have found ways to adjust later on in the game. And that was something that we didn't see in in San Francisco. You know? So that is something to consider. Number two is the Rams' offense is a lot different now, even down to how they run the football, since it's not Daryl Henderson that's going to be controlling this game. It's Sonny Michelle. And on top of that, we have Sean McVay confirming that Cam Akers will be a factor in this game. How much of an aspect of it in this game, we're not sure. But you got to figure that Cam Akers is anxious to get on this football field. So this is a different Rams offense entirely. So if I'm going to give out hope, there's that. Yeah, if if you're suiting up Akers, you know, he has to be 100%, right? Like, there's no fucking point in trying him out at anything less than 100%. And, you know... They're they're also not gonna trot him out there and give him the ball thirty times, but if he's active, he will have a role. Um, he'll get he'll get ten fifteen snaps in this game. I would bet if they suit him up, which they're planning on. Achilles injuries are not like they have been known to ruin players' careers, but it's not like you're gonna go out there and risk. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not a doctor by any fucking means. I. Uh, it's not like a re in like an injury that gives you more risk. It's just a lot of people they happen late in their careers and they ruin their careers because they're hard injuries to uh like help like as a human body getting back from. But that's not because you're gonna re injure it. Well, yeah, it's it's um uh, again uh, because Steve is talking to Doctor Gomez here. Um, uh, <laughs> as far as uh. As far as what I know, um, the it, the struggle with the injury is the rehabilitation, you know, and it is something that it takes time to um, heal and strengthen again. But considering that since he injured his Achilles, this is something that has been positively reported the entire stretch of the way. Now it's kind of normal to hear, Oh, the surgery went well, that's kind of normal. But from there, he was, you know, getting on the treadmill way in advance, way more than people could have ever imagined. And then there was talk about him potentially returning. And now he's here. And, Mind you, he was activated early for a pension thing. But I feel like that mainly the reason why Sean McVay didn't trot him out here a couple weeks ago was because, A, it wasn't really necessary, and B, um, you know, Cam Akers also needs time to condition, to, you know, get caught up with how they're running the offense, you know, that takes that takes a little time, too. And, yes, I'm aware that Cam Akers was probably conditioning at home and everything, but to condition with a football team is much different than what you would do on your own. 
even if you kind of push yourself, which I'm sure he does. So the fact that he's healthy enough, he's probably in football conditioning shape. I think he's ready. I I think that's something to be very, very uh, confident in. And again, we don't know exactly how many snaps the guy is going to get, especially if Sony Michelle is out there trucking over everybody. Um, but the fact that Matt Stafford has another safety blanket, why not? Yeah, it's I can't wait. If he's out there, I'm, I'm going to be so excited. That's so crazy that that's actually happening. It's going to be real interesting to see. And I, I, he will not be the lead back in this game. That's just not going to happen unless Sony gets hurt. I mean, please, for the love of God, we cannot afford that. Um, but Sony's been playing 99% of the snaps since the Daryl Henderson injury. So it'd be nice if you could get him down to like 80, 75%. That would be certainly be ideal. Um, Trey Lance might start in this game. We, you know, I, I want Jimmy to be healthy. Like, I'm not going to root against the guy to be healthy, but if you had to play against one of them, we would definitely rather play against Trey Lance, right? I mean, I feel like either one would be fine because if you go back to uh, to the loss, it wasn't it wasn't Jimmy G that got, got it done or Trey Lance that got it done against the Rams. It was the ground game. So does it really matter? Yeah, well, Trey would add to the ground game uh, for sure. He can, he can move. That's true. That's he, a good He had a point. decent game against um, Houston this week. It took him a while to get going, um, but he made some plays in the second half and put them in a position to win. But, yeah, I mean, I would rather – Jimmy, for all we shit on him, he is a good game manager. He's nothing more than that. Uh, Trey would – probably be more prone to making mistakes and the Rams have a lot of heavy hitters in their defense. I think they'd be chomping at the bit to get a rookie in this big of a game, but uh, they're saying Jimmy might play. If if he's 80%, I think he plays. I, I don't think it would be beneficial for Trey Lance's career to have him start this game if he didn't have to. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's uh, entirely necessary to start Trey Lance, but uh, especially if Jimmy G is is able to go. But um, like I said, me personally, and probably for the Rams, I don't know if it really matters a whole lot. I'd be more interested to seeing if there was more injuries to the running game, uh, just because they they just absolutely demolished the Rams. Yeah, I mean it's it's not even close. They demolished the Rams. Yeah, that's the worst loss I've had this year for sure. Um, aim worse than the Cardinals, I would say. Well, I mean, at least the Cardinals are a a damn good team. Uh, and while the the 49ers ain't a terrible team, you would think that the Rams would be able to beat them. Well, what do you think? What's what's your prediction here? You know, I think that one of the things that we've seen about the Rams in the past five games is while some of these games may have not been pretty, particularly the last two games, they've found ways to get the game won. And that's that's actually really important. Not just to get the W, but the fact that there are other ways for the Rams to, to win. And in the past, 
there's only there's only been really like a couple ways for the Rams to get the job done. So the fact that if one area fails, the other one can bail them out, I think that's a good thing moving forward. So I'm going to be bold here and say that the Rams get the W here. I, I, I think it's still going to be a close game. Um, I think that it's going to probably come down to the wire again. But um, I see the Rams win 28-24. I'll say 23-20, and I don't feel good about it. Uh, my gut's telling me they win. You know, they got to beat this team at some point. But, man, I'm fucking nervous. That, that last game was brutal. It was. I'm hoping that, you know, it it really wasn't that long ago, but um, a lot has changed. Hey, let's give a quick shout out to Deontay Johnson for getting it done for me tonight, Johnny. He got me enough points. We're happy. I'm also in another championship, and I would lose if Nick Chubb got seven, like seven and a half points, eight points. And he hasn't done it yet. Like I'm still there's five there's three fifty left in this game and he hasn't gotten uh eight points. Yeah, I mean, man, I am sorry to my friend Adam if he loses this game. That is just fucking brutal. <laughs> that is fucking brutal. Eight points from Nick Chubb, he doesn't get it. Well, if if your friend Adam is listening He's definitely he... not listening. <laughs> He's definitely not listening, but if he's if he listens to this at some point, just randomly take off your jersey, throw it into a, a group of people, and you know just wave bye to everybody because that sucks. It's it's tough, man. It's fourth and nineteen. Uh, I think the game's about to end if they don't get this. It might not happen. Uh, wow, I did not. I I thought I was cooking this game. Uh, shout out to the listeners because none of my real life friends listen to this podcast, so it's great to have you guys. Johnny, you're my friend. We've also never met, so I don't consider you. A, you're still a virtual friend to me. Well, you know what, Steve? My best like virtual think, friend. I'd like to think we're brothers. <laughs> of course, man. Through all we've been through. Uh, hey, you got any anything else to add before we wrap this up? Um, just that I'm glad Antonio Brown is not on the Rams. Boy, man, I what the, <laughs> what a fucking I don't even know. It, it there's there's been a very small amount of people online saying like, "Hey, the Rams should go get him." No, they shouldn't. And I'm always no. a guy who's like, if the guy's good, go get him. They'll figure it out. Like he's not playing in the NFL again. You'd be nuts. But then again, I thought that uh, the Bucks were nuts for going after him. But, hey, I mean, at least he got him a Super Bowl. At at the point the Bucks signed him, I would have understood if the Rams had signed him. Um, but after the fake vaccine card and then this, like, <laughs> nah, man, nobody's going nobody's gonna to pick him up. Nope. Not touching that, dude. <sighs> well, he... Managed to get a Super Bowl ring, so hey, congrats! Yeah, man. that's true. I uh, hope, hope he, if he needs help, I hope he gets it. All right, well, it's another week in the books for us. 
we will be it's great to say we'll be back next week to talk about the Rams in the playoff no matter what happens in this game but hopefully uh we're coming back here the Rams win and we're saying the path to the NFC championship goes through so far uh follow us on Twitter at Barrero at Johnny five not six at talk Rams and we'll talk to you guys soon Tell Sean Payton, keep talking that shit. We gonna see him soon. You feel me? Saints lose, then the Rams would be the two seed. And um is this true? <laughs> Let me look into this. We can talk about it in a second. <laughs> um what did I say? Rams win, Eagles lose, Saints lose. Okay. Um Yeah, so we they the 49ers would get the the seven seed in that case. Oh wait. And I had this wrong. No, that's not true. Okay, just completely ignore that scenario. <laughs> but if oh oh, you know what? I just I just fucked it up. It's Rams win, Eagles win, Saints lose. That's it. That was such a waste of time. I'm sorry, listeners. That was such a fucking waste of time. I, I what is it? Maybe I'll edit this out. We'll see how. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.